Isn't the family of God just great? When God connects you with people, you know, you may go on holiday for a while, and then he always brings you back. When God has a walk to do within the family of God, when God connects people, he, you may be a bit of a separation, but he always brings to fulfillment everything that he wants to do in this land. It's great to be here. As I said, I have a message, I believe, from God. You know, and uh, I don't know about you and where you are at in your walk, but I just want more of Jesus to you. I want to see really his kingdom come. I want to see his will being done. I want to see miracles. I want to see signs. I want to see message thunders being done in their land. Yeah? And I believe God has given me a message this morning. Uh, as I preach, I just don't know what way this is going to go. I have to be honest with you. I really don't know why. The message that God has given me is about being in him, in Christ Jesus, and him alone. That's a beautiful message. It's my most favorite message. And it's found in Philippians 3, 9. And this is what it says. And being found in him. I could just leave that there. I could just stand here and ponder that all morning. And being found in him. In Jesus. Not having mine own righteousness. Which is of the law. But that which is through the faith of Christ. The righteousness. Which is of God. By faith. This is amazing. Before we have received Jesus as our Lord and as our Saviour, before we become born again of his spirit, we're lost. We're battered, we're broken, we're bruised, we're hell-bound. Before we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and as our Saviour, we're destined for the last eternity, eternity. And now in Christ Jesus, being found in him, not having their own righteousness, being found in him. Do you get it? Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying here this morning? Being found in Jesus Christ. I'm no longer lost. Amen. I'm no longer blind. I'm no longer deaf. I'm no longer bound. I'm no longer hell bound. I'm going to eternity. I'm going to spend the rest of eternity falling at the feet of Jesus in worship, in adoration. I am in him. I am a new creature in Christ Jesus. I am born again of his spirit. You know, a lot of churches don't like saying being born again. Well, we're just Christians. We're part of this denomination or that denomination. No, we are born again believers in Christ Jesus. We needed to be born again. I needed to be born again. You see, the thing with me was I was dead in my transgressions. I was an enemy of God. I spent 24 years of my life being an enemy of God. Now, I'm found in him. The righteousness, being found in him, not having a righteousness of my own, but a righteousness 
that is of God. I am in right standing with God this morning because of Jesus Christ. Amen. That's good news, isn't it? That's a hallelujah, praise the Lord. Because it's not only me. If you've been born again of the Spirit of God and you are in right standing, this should be making us stand on seats. Dancing undignified before our God because of the life that we now live in Him. Being found in Him. Not having our own righteousness. Hallelujah. I'm a friend of God. Sometimes we can get so religious even in our walk that we can think, well, I'm not going to be irreverent before God and say, like, I am a friend of God. But the word of God says that I have his ear. That I have his ear. Me, a filthy, foiled, dirty, rotten sinner, an enemy of his for 24 years, now has his ear. He hears me when I speak. His ears attentive to every cry from my heart. And he answers. Isn't this powerful stuff? Whew. Isn't it amazing being born again of his spirit? John's gospel, it says, I no longer call you servants. This is Jesus. Because a servant does not know his master's business. This is God. A servant does not know his master's business. And this is Jesus. It says, instead I've called you friends. I'm no longer an enemy of God. I'm a friend of God. You are no longer an enemy. You are a friend of God. If you are born again of his spirit. You know, this is something that we just cannot grow up into. We have to have a conversion story. And Graham Lott said before a a conference of hers up the north of Ireland, up in Belfast, and she says, if you don't have a conversion story, you most likely are not a convert. You are most likely not a convert. You need, when was the moment... I met Jesus in 2002, the 4th of January, 2002, between nine and quarter to nine at night. I had an encounter with Jesus Christ that changed my life forever. I will never be the same. I will never be the same. It's Christ in me. I am born again. I was dead in my transgressions, dead in my sin, but now I'm alive unto Christ. I'm alive. I am healed. I am set free. I am delivered. I am no longer living a bondage. He that the Son sets free is what? Is free indeed. I am free from religion. I am in relationship with God. I am born of His Spirit. I am alive in Him. I am set free in Jesus' name. This is our good news. And we all know this. But sometimes we settle, don't we? 
You know, this journey, this walk can get weary from time to time. It says we must face many trials, and every one of us do. We all go through stuff. And I believe what God wants to show each and every one of us and just to reaffirm in each and every one of our hearts tonight that we are children of God. That we are born again of His Spirit. That we are alive in Him. And that He has a plan and a purpose in each and every one of our lives. Sometimes we think the pastor gets it, the prophet, the evangelist, the Sunday school teacher. But this is for every one of us that has been born of His Spirit. We are part of the business of God. Isn't that good? We are part of what God wants to do on the island of Ireland. We are part of his big plan. I'm just getting excited, sorry. (laughs) You and I are part of God's plan for Ireland in 2020. You and I. Doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you are part of God's plan. God has linked you to me and linked me to you and to yours. And He's got a plan. Amen. We need revival in this land, don't we? We need a fire of God to burn up the nothingness and what's going on north and south. Dublin at the moment, we're facing, like, people just don't know what's happening. There's a government being voted in down there. And if it gets in, you just don't know what's going to happen. It's a fearful time. And everybody is voting for them. Crazy stuff. And we all know this. We all know what's going on around outside. What's going on within the church. But this is not what goes on outside. This is what's going on inside. You know, as I was thinking this morning, just for even up, God has a, a purpose for your life. Just for you. And maybe you've been sleeping, maybe you've been weary, maybe you've been bound, maybe you've been lost. But God's got a plan. And I believe He wants to release you today. I believe He wants to heal you of all your diseases. Like, you know, we can't take some bits of the Bible and, and leave others out. All your diseases, not some of them. We used to go to a church, uh, I was saying it to Ken years ago, and when we got up and talked about healing in the church, uh, the pastor would just jump up and come against it and say, like, God just does half healings sometimes. And I couldn't get that into my head. And I had this picture of this man hobbling into church with two broken legs and God coming and healing one of them and sending them home with a limp. And I says, that's not the God. I know. When I got saved, my body was wrecked with diseases. I was a heroin addict, a cocaine addict, bound by the depths of hell. I never thought I got free. I had one moment with Jesus. 
You know, we sing about the cross and the rugged cross, but what does that pertain to our lives today? When I came to the cross of, of Jesus Christ, what did I truly receive? Did he give me a denominational tag? He didn't. I'm a Pentecostal. I'm a Baptist. No, I'm a child. I'm a friend. I'm a son. I'm a daughter. Galatians 2.20 says this. It says, I am crucified. This is me, the drug addict, the vile person. I am crucified with Christ Jesus. I am crucified. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. You getting this? Christ in me. God in me. When he says, I can do all things through him, through Christ, in me. Amen. This is good news, isn't it? But this is it. But the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Religion will always stop that. Revelation in your heart. Religion will always get in the way of that that very revelation that, that God loves me. You can sing about it. You can pray about it. But religion will always block that in your heart. For God so loved me. If I had been the only person on this earth, God loved me. He sent his son to die for me, for you, for you, for every one of us. If we had been the only lost soul in this eternity, in this world, he would have sent Jesus. That is the love of God in Christ Jesus that he has for each and every one of us. Amen. It says we all know these things. We know because we're saved by Calvary, by the blood of Jesus, were washed in, in, in his blood. Our sins are forgiven, amen? Amen. Freely pardoned. He just doesn't forgive some of them, he forgives all of them. He took all of them upon the cross. If you think you're carrying a few at the moment, you need to surrender them. Because he took them all on Calvary's cross. And as I said, we all know this, don't we? We've, most of us have probably been brought up in it. A couple of weeks ago, I was preaching from Mark's Gospel, and I've, I've read Mark's Gospel hundreds of times. But at the very end of it, it says, and Jesus opened up their minds. And that blew me away. It says that he opened up their minds. 
that they could understand the scripture. And we all know this, we've been brought up in it. A few months ago, I uh, had the privilege and the honor of leading this man to uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. He was 70 years of age, school, 65 years in the church. Started off at Sunday school, right up to present day, and he's been doing church twice a day. I don't know whether I told you this, did I? From Belfast, his name is Billy. Billy from Belfast. <laughs> he would be Billy, wouldn't he? But this is the thing. He's gone to church twice for the last 65 years. And he didn't know Jesus Christ as his Lord and Saviour. I know the church that he went to on a Sunday evening and have been there. And he went to a Methodist church. So he went to a Methodist church on a Sunday morning and he went to a Pentecostal church on a Sunday evening. And he didn't know Jesus Christ as his Lord and as his Saviour. That's a bit shocking, isn't it? And I started telling, telling him my testimony about how I received Christ Jesus into my heart. And he started weeping. Two of us actually start weeping. I'm a weeper for Christ Jesus. And the two of us just, he's delivering to me and I'm witnessing to him. And the two of us are standing at his van and we're bawling. <laughs> and he says, I said, you better come into my house. And he came into, in, into my house and, and I delivered him to the Lord Jesus. But this is the thing. You know what he said to me? He says, I'm in church 65 years, starting off in Sunday school. And he says, nobody has ever told me about forgiveness the way you have. Nobody has ever told me about forgiveness the way you have. All I did was share the gospel. Freely pardoned. Freely pardoned. And he went home skipping that day. Born again of the Spirit of God. When we receive the Spirit of God in our hearts, it produces something in our lives. I was in a church for many years, believing I was born again. I could do the worship, I could do the singing, I could do the praying, I could do all of that. But I hadn't received the Spirit of God into my heart. I couldn't believe that this Jesus who said that he's laid down his life for me would love me that much. That was the block. Surely he can't love me. Does he know what I got up to? Does he know where I've come from? Does he know the life that I've lived? Surely he couldn't love me. And he opened up my mind. He opened up my heart. I had a vision of him. I seen Jesus on the cross. Dying for my sins. See, I always came to Jesus for something else but forgiveness. Lord, if you just get me family back, or Lord, if you just sort out me head, or Lord, if you sort out me sickness, or Lord, if you do this, or if you do that. And I never came to Jesus for, Lord, please forgive me. I've sinned against you. It was my sin that put you on that cross. It wasn't the sins of the world. It was my sin. It was my evil doing. It was my wickedness that has put you on the cross. I was a hopeless drug addict. And I mean hopeless. I was taking 2,000 euros worth of cocaine a day. 
at the height of my addiction. I was on heroin for 14 years. My body was wrecked with diseases from injecting heroin into my system. I fell on my knees and cried out to Jesus and I said, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me. Because I know I put you there. I know it's my sin that has put you there. And I'm asking you to forgive me today. Not to clean me up. Not to wash me in your blood. Just forgive me for putting you there. And I weeped. I weeped. And I seen this face of Jesus looking down from Calvary's cross, looking to my eyes with all the love I've never, ever experienced what I experienced at that moment. I got up off the ground, no longer a drug addict, no longer hopeless, no longer bound. I was free. And my life in a moment was changed. In a moment. No cold turkey, no withdrawals, no sickness. All the diseases that was in my body. I had a Muslim doctor do uh, a test on me for, for hepatitis and everything else that went with it. And a Muslim doctor, this is his testimony. He says, I see by your church you had a hepatitis. I says, you're right, I used to have it. But I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. And he's healed my body. And he says, well, I've never drank alcohol. I've never touched drugs. I've never even drank a cup of tea in my life. And he says, your liver is healthier than mine. In a moment, a moment, God can change our life through Jesus Christ. But this produces in us, doesn't it? Yeah? If God is in me, If God's got a plan for me, it's not just to save me and to sit me back down on a pew. We're not seat warmers, you do get that. You really do get that. We're not seat warmers. Paul talking to the Tesla picture of what... I love this part of scripture. It really shows you a picture of what we're saved into and what we have within us. And it's in 1 Thessalonians 1, verse 2 to 3. It says this. You got it? It says, We always thank God for all of you and continually mention you in our prayers. It says, We remember before our God and Father. Listen to this. And you have to ask yourself the question, am I part of this letter today? Is he writing to me? Is he wanting something of me today? Has he put something in me and he wants to start producing in the life that I'm living? Amen. So this is it. It says, I remember before our God and Father, your walk produced by faith. In him. When we've received such a glorious salvation, how can we keep it to ourselves? How can we keep what we have? If you are testifying to be a born again believer in Christ Jesus, how can you keep it to yourself? A good tree 
bears good fruit. God wants us to be fruitful in everything. Your walk produced by faith. Your labour prompted by love. By love. The love of Jesus. The mercy of God. You know, we've had religion in this land, both north and south, for too long. God is looking for true men and women of God who have been inspired by his love, raised up by his blood, cleansed and freed in his mercy to take hold of what God has for each and every one of us in this land. And I believe at this time in Ireland that God is raising up an army of men and women who are not going to settle for the mundane, that who is not going to settle for the sea or the pew, that want to do great exploits for God. Your labour from boy love. I cannot see myself ever doing anything else. I have a business, I, I walk. I'm not in full-time ministry. I haven't been blessed there, but I've been blessed and walk. I to tell people all the time, I meet dead people every day. <laughs> I meet dead people every day. And I've seen loads of them. I do disability bathrooms for the county council. And I've seen loads of them come to Jesus. On their deathbeds. At the final hour. I've seen people. I'd done a bathroom 14 years ago. And uh, I was in the house and I witnessed to the man and he didn't receive Jesus. Then a few months ago I was called back to that house and uh, I had to do some walking and the man was terminally, terminally ill with cancer and he received Jesus as his Lord and Saviour. God is a God of many chances, isn't he? And he died a week later and went to the glory. So I meet dead people all the time and make them alive in Jesus' name. Isn't this beautiful? That God would use the nothings of this world, the refuge, the refuge to bring glory to his name. That God would entrust us then the foolish things to nullify, to make a show of the wisdom of this world. Isn't that amazing? The junkies. The battered. The bruised. The depressed. The abused. Powerful stuff. Your labour prompted by love. And your endurance inspired by the hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Can I ask you a question today? Are you weary? Are you battle weary? Are you weary fighting the good fight of faith? Do you believe that God has somehow passed your boy? I believe today that this is your day. I don't do religion. I don't do religious speak. I don't do all of that. I'm not into it. I had a 24 years of religion and it done me nothing. I always thought God was too, too good for me. I wasn't religious enough. 
This is what he says in verse 4. And this again is for each and every one of us in this room. It says, For we know brothers and sisters loved by God that he has chosen you. God has chosen you. God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, has chosen you. And this is what it says, because our gospel came to you, not simply with words, but you receive with the Holy Spirit and with deep conviction. When you receive this in Christ Jesus, your life is never the same. Power in the Holy Spirit. Power to live. Power to love. Power to endure. Power to be raised up. Power to go through the storms of this life and not be put down. Because I know who I am in Christ Jesus. I can fight a thousand. We don't get this, don't we now? We look on telly and we see all the madness going on within telly church and we say, well, what afraid to say things. That's contrary. Well, they talk about demons. So don't talk about demons or you become like that. Don't talk about healing or they'll expect money off you. $50, $1,000 miracle, whatever you want. But God heals. God delivers. God saves. And he doesn't charge you for it. It's free. Your healing is free. By his stripes, we are healed. We are healed because of his stripes. We are washed because he took all our sins upon him on Calvary's cross. We are washed in his blood. I'm now a royal. That's the truth. Blue blood flowing through these veins. The blood of Jesus. I'm crucified with Christ. I'm living in resurrection life. I have the power of the Holy Spirit in me. I can do all things. True Christ Jesus. Isn't that powerful stuff? Isn't that amazing? That we have that. I think that's mind blowing. Hallelujah. I can dance. Little jig. Because you and I have been chosen from God. By God. And he has put his power into us. See, the gospel of Jesus Christ, it says, is not a matter of words, but a matter of power. Amen. Words have no value in the kingdom of God. Let me see your power. Who are you carrying? Who are you declaring today? Who is in you? It's not a matter of words. But a matter of power. Problem is, folks, when we take Jesus Christ out of the gospel, it just becomes words. With no power. We're living in a world at the moment where Jesus Christ has add-ons 
It's Jesus and. Jesus and this and Jesus and that. If Jesus could not do it for himself, he needs people putting add-ons onto it. Jesus is enough. Jesus is enough. One Thessalonians 2 8 says this. This is Paul writing again to the Thessalonian church. It says, We loved you so much. We were delighted with you not just to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, but our very lives. A matter of power. Christ in you wills you to love the unlovable. Overlook transgressions. We loved you so much. We were, we were delighted not just to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, but our very lives as well. Are you living like that today, brothers and sisters? Are you living in the power of his love? Are you overcoming all that the enemy may be throwing at you today by his love? Have you allowed his love to rid you of fear? James 2.13 says this. It says, Because judgment without mercy will be shown to anybody who has not been merciful. This gospel's not a gospel of judgment. It's a gospel of love. It's a gospel of love. It says mercy triumphs over judgment. I'm doing a thing at the moment and I've, I've been meeting pastors from all over the country over the last few months and I have to say it's, it's been an eye-opener. It's been amazing. I've met some amazing people. But it's really been an eye-opener. One of the words the Lord gave me, Jordan, this was, uh, just shut up. Don't judge. Don't judge. Just Listen what people are going through. Even belief systems, just listen to them. And I believe God is going to revive the Ireland of Ireland. I believe that the Lord Jesus is going to pour out His Spirit on all flesh in this land. I believe there's going to be a He brought together at the hands of man, but the hands of God. I believe in that. Why do I believe in it? The Word of God tells us where sin abounds. Where sin abounds. We live in a land that's abounding in sin. I was talking to a young lad two weeks ago. It says one day he's a woman, the next day he's a man. Where sin abounds. Where sin abounds. The amount of suicide we have down the south of Ireland is unbelievable. I come from a family of my first cousins have six suicides. My four cousins, six suicides and six murders. We need revival. We need Jesus in this land. The gospel of Jesus Christ is a matter of power. We've done enough talking in this land. We've listened far enough and long enough to people who just is a matter of words. And I'm 
I want to see the power of God in my land. Do you? James basically says here that judgment has been cancelled out. Let's start loving each other with the love that we have received in Christ Jesus. Let's start impacting our workplaces, our friends, our neighbourhoods with the love of Jesus. You know, two of the things coming up, the Lord says, go into the highways. Go into the byways. Go into the estates. Go into the drug dens. Go into the brothels. Start pulling them out. Start calling them out in the name of Jesus Christ. This gospel doesn't have seclusion. There's no caste system in it. John the Baptist, the greatest man that ever lived. At locusts. His wardrobe, I'm not going to say it. Jesus says he's the greatest man that ever lived. But he says he that is least in the kingdom of God is better than him. We don't get preferential treatment or preferential grace because we preach or we teach or we clean up. That grace and that power is for each and every one of us. I understand there's a grace on this and a grace on that. But every one of us that have received Jesus as Lord and Saviour have received it all. Over the last few weeks I've been praying for people and it's like, uh, I used to pray, Lord, touch them, fill them, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I just felt the Lord change it. Now when I'm praying for people, I'm saying, Lord, these have it. Christ in me. If you are born again of his spirit, you have this power. This is not just words. This is not just words. This wasn't written to the Thessalonian church. This was written to Christ encounters. This was written to Firebrand. This was written to David, to Paul, to Sharon, to Michael. This was written to you today. God wants you to know who you are in him. That your identity is not found in who you used to be, but who you are now today in Christ Jesus. I am healed. I am saved. I am delivered. I am free. Hallelujah. Romans 1, 16 to 17 says this. Look, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I am not ashamed who I am now in Christ Jesus. I am not ashamed of who comes out of my mouth when I talk about love. I am not ashamed of Jesus Christ because it says it is the power. Power. Power of God to rescue, to resurrect a dead life. It's the power of God. Isn't that good news? Hallelujah. I am not ashamed of this gospel because it is the power of God unto salvation for everybody who believes. That is you and I. Powerful stuff. I feel like a joint here this morning. I'm massive. In the eyes of God. You know, I said to, 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 to teach or to 
we go away on this leaders thing every year. And this is, when I walk into an estate in Tallaght, after being in the presence of God, demons lick it. They go on their toes. If God is in me, and I'm driving to Tallaght, and I'm praying for demons to flee at the name of Jesus. I believe that to you. The name of Jesus, what does it say? Demons flee. I'm a five foot six joint. In the eyes of Jesus, it's supernatural. Thank God we look through the eyes of faith, huh? <laughs> There's a power, but I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, people. Because there's a power in this gospel that we preach. Once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was blind, but now I see. I once was dead, but now I'm alive. It says, for in this gospel... A righteousness of God is revealed. It says a righteousness that is by faith from first to last. I could never earn this. I could never be good enough for this. I could never buy it. I could never buy it. I know some people try have to. But you can never buy this gospel. Never buy the salvation. Has to be a free gift. For it is written, the righteous will live by faith. That's them eyes again. You know Ken's wife when she says, Look at the state of the two of yours. <laughs> so I took a little bit of offense to that. I have to forgive her. Bible says, Don't have an offense in your heart. When I look in the mirror, I just see beautiful. <laughs> I'll have to get up early in the morning with the Lord Jesus. But that's who he's made us, hasn't he? When God looks at us, he doesn't see who we are. Who he used to be, he just sees Jesus. Just sees Jesus. And Jesus is beautiful. Jesus is beautiful. I just want to finish with this. I don't know what my time is like, good or bad. doesn't matter, we could stay for another couple of hours, huh? <laughs> 2 Corinthians 5, 17 to 21 says this. I'm going to release something in the spirit here this morning if you are willing. And I really mean this. As I says, I don't do Christian rhetoric. I don't just say these things for the sake of it. I believe I came here this morning because God has sent me. The Bible says that the steps of the righteous are ordained by God. To think this, he put this together before the creation of this world. Quite fascinating, isn't it? From the guttermouse to his uttermouse, isn't it? Amen. This is what it says. Therefore, if anybody be in Christ Jesus, he is a new creature. It says, the old has gone. Thank you, Jesus. The new has come. And all this is from God. 
who reconciled us to himself through Christ Jesus. And this is for every young person in this room this morning, every old person, to every person that feels that they cannot do this. God has given you a ministry this morning. Come on, hallelujah, thank you Jesus. Get up on them seats. This is what it says. That God has given us, all of us, the ministry of reconciliation. As I said before, we used to be in the church and there's people waiting around 40 and 50 years to receive ministries from God. And all they do is sit in a pew waiting for God to come down with thunder and lightning and say, there you go, I bestow on you today, O mighty man and woman of God. This beautiful ministry. And here we have a here that he's saying he's given us all. We've all been given this ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling to the world to himself in Christ Jesus, not counting men's sins against them. Isn't that powerful stuff? Not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed to us, it says, the message of reconciliation. Now this is powerful. That you can go out in the name and in the power of Jesus Christ and reconcile people that are lost to their God. Isn't that amazing? That you and I through our lawyers, through our knowing of who we are in him, can actually bring people to glory. Every one of us, it's, it's not for the special evangelist or, or prophet or seer or whatever you want to put on yourself. It's for each and every one of us this morning. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. Now that's good. The drug addict, now I'm an ambassador. A blue blood, royal blood flowing through my veins. This is good news, isn't it? It really is good news. I'm an ambassador. As though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us. So that in him we might become. In him, we might become the righteousness. Which world over the last... As I said, people, I've been out in the world, out in the church world over the last few months and visiting this, that, and the other. And you know, everybody's looking for a platform. Everybody's looking for a pulpit. And everybody's looking for a stage. You know, I'll just settle for being in him. How about you? Being found in him. Not having a righteousness of my own. I didn't get here because of me. I'm here because of him. And because of that, I wanted to start producing stuff in my life. I want to get to the glory, fall at the feet of Jesus, look behind me and see multitudes. I don't want to come. We talk about bringing the crown before God. I don't want to fall at his feet with nothing in my hands. Do you? 
I want souls. I want sinners saved by grace. I want me neighbours. I want me walkmates. I want me community. You know, if we don't do it, if we don't bring this message of reconciliation with the love of God, with loads of politicians that will bring other messages, and that's the truth. If we don't do it, someone else will bring a message. The message of the gospel of Jesus Christ is a message of hope. And we just need to start speaking it out in the power of his resurrection life. And we will start seeing our communities change. We will start seeing a drop in suicides, a drop in murders. If we take hold of who we are in Christ Jesus and being found in him, and I mean it, Walking into your workplace with five shiny stones, taking down every joint that opposes you. You will do it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So how do we finish this? How do we finish what God is after saying to us this morning in this place? Are you ready? Yeah. Uh, Come on. I came from Dublin with this message. <laughs> he doesn't mind just standing on seats, do you? I'm running around the hall. He doesn't mind that he told me earlier on. He says, do what you like. How are we going to respond to what God is saying to us this morning in this place? As I said, it doesn't matter how young you were or how old you were. I want to be found in him. I want to have something to lay at the feet of Jesus. And as I was saying this morning, I believe God wants to impart something, awaken something, revive something, regenerate something in each and every one of us in this room this morning. And if you are willing, he is able. Amen. Amen. So let us just bow our heads in prayer.